We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Here we go. Salute to Knicks Nation. Monday night, Knicks, CP from Knicks Fan TV, my man Jay Ellis from Nick of Time Show, special guest on the quarantine stream, Jay Ellis, he was the number one pick of the 2000 NBA draft, Right, 15 year veteran, all star, two NBA finals appearances, and most importantly, a member of the New York Knicks, Jay Ellis, 2012-14. Nick's tape in the building. Kenyon Martin. Yeah. K-Mar, how you doing, bro? I'm good. Gentlemen, thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely, man. Definitely appreciate you coming on the show. Um, no happy problem. Father's Day. Happy Juneteenth. I hope you enjoyed that as well with your family as well. Appreciate um, it, man. I sure did. Especially with everything going on, man. You know, it's um, we have coronavirus in- impacting us in our community. You have all the civil unrest going on with the police killings and all the protests. How has all those events of the past few months really impacted you and, and your family? Um, let's start with the COVID thing. Um, yeah, just being stuck in the house for the last few months. Um, it gave the time to reflect on what's important, first and foremost. Um, I have no problem staying in the house. People that know me know I'm my own body. So um, this was good for me. You know, everybody was living like me. You know what I'm saying? But, um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, like I have no problem being in the house, being around my wife, the kids, and et cetera, um, staying out of harm's way, what I call it. Um, but then, um, well, I'm saying with everything else, from the George Floyd up to uh, Ahmaud Arbery, and the list goes on, man. It's just unfortunate that we're still dealing with this in 2020. But it's um, the way 2020 started, it's just fitting that we would have to go through something of this magnitude yeah. right now. You know, um, very unfortunate, um, but things have to happen in order for change to happen. True. Unfortunately, someone had, someone else had to lose their life um, for people to really start paying attention, and um, especially the other side. Um, very unfortunate, but the time, 
done. Time is now for people to start taking heed to it and paying attention and and not and, and putting things into action, not just using words. True story, man. Um, you know, you you have your son. He's he's coming up in the league. Just entered into the yeah. draft. Is that a conversation that you ever had with him? You know, in terms of just how to move with with the police or with law enforcement, just to be safe. Yeah, just in general, man. Uh, just always be smart. Always use your head. Always know who's in, um, or what um, type of authority is around. Um, but just always, uh, always preparing it. Um, I have three boys. I have, a, I have KJ, of course, he's 19. I got a 15-year-old and I got a two-year-old. So um, so I've been having to preach it. I even, I'm saying KJ, now I got my 15-year-old. So just trying to always put that in their mind. I'm saying we're always a target. We're always a threat. And so therefore, we have to be that much more better. Um, the way you live your life, using your manners, being being respectful. You know, I always tell people my job is to make sure that my children become productive members of society. You know, so that's having honest conversations with them um, before this even started. You know, um, it just didn't start now. Yeah. The killings and police brutality and mm-hmm. all of that. It just didn't start now. Racism and bigotry and you name it. It mm-hmm. just didn't start. Mm-hmm. So it's been going on. I'm 42. It's been going on my entire life. You know, so but just letting them understand and giving them situations that I've been in, and letting them know how to carry themselves and things like that, and be better than I was. Don't handle the situation how I would have handled it, and things like that. You know, yeah. so just letting them know what's important and what's not. And my number one goal as every night is to make it home to my family, and I preach that to them as well. You know, so that comes with being smart, knowing your situation, knowing the environment, knowing the situation. And I always make it at home at night. Is the um, so that's the ultimate goal. Well said. Well, well, well yeah. said, man. Now, in the midst of COVID, you know, you have the NBA planning to restart at the end of July. Uh, COVID cases have been known to be um, going up in 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 and around Orlando. What do you What do you think about the restart? You You think they should play? I I, I definitely think they should play. Um, with everything going on, I, with than just of George Floyd and all that, I I think it could be another voice. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know how the format is gonna go far as TV and radio and all that, but I think that the Mets can still be out there with them playing. You know, I don't think they should miss the opportunity. It would be better if it was normal activity going on, but as far as being able to have TV and press and all that stuff, it'd be better if it was normal games and arenas and all that. But being able to have LeBron James down there and other guys who voice mean something now, you know, for them to have the opportunity, whether it's to wear a t-shirt, whether it's to wear, put it on the floor, whatever the case may be, I think it's a good time, yeah. you know, to get back to something that people can pay attention to. And it doesn't matter if this was going on and then the NFL draft would have did something similar, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This was before, but just uh, to imagine how many people tuned in to the NFL draft this year, you know, historic numbers because of what's going on, you know? So I think that they can't miss the opportunity to, to continue the message, you know, and continue to fight, continue to get the knowledge out there, having PSAs and different things like that with the people who've been um, affected, you know, the family members of George Floyd and Deanna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery's and, you know, have Steven Jackson and people who really, really affected on the front lines with, them, as well as the current guys that's playing and some of the guys who teams who weren't invited like the Steph Curry's and of the world, you know, they had a voice, you know, so using that. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, Lou Williams had come out and he thought it, it could be a distraction. But I think I agree with you. You know, I, I think it could be an opportunity to use the platform, you know, while you have the TV spotlight, while you have the exposure, continue to raise awareness. And I think long term, because I think this this whole thing for, for social change, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So yeah, I don't I don't yeah, think no, that yeah. by sitting out, you know, it's been those going on seven, since 1800s. It's been going on, it's been going on for, for a long time, right? So, you know, I don't think them sitting out and not playing is going to expedite things, you know, to, yeah. to to get you to change. It's still a long term. It's still a long term process. And so yeah, and I, I get I, what I certain guys, you. certain guys' point. You know what I'm saying about not playing. I get, I understand it, mm-hmm. but it's a lot more than it's a lot that goes into it. You know, it's guys' livelihoods, guys, yeah. they beat the, it's a guy, I'm saying, just take it's a lot of money on not, the line, man. Probably, yeah, like it ain't, it ain't like the late 80s, mid 90s when guys weren't making that much. The guys yeah. making upwards of 20, 30 million a year. You know, so you want guys to forfeit that when they can still use their platform in the, in the right way. So, yeah, I don't think not playing is the issue. Uh, what, what you think about everybody trying to drag Kyrie, you know, through, yeah. through the mud in <laughs> you know, all this, you know? Just, hey, sometimes open mouth, insert foot, man. You know, sometimes it's better off, it's better to not say anything. But but we know Kyrie, he has a, he has a valuable opinion who people pay attention to. Um, so it's part of it. Yeah. When you open your mouth and you have things to say, comes criticism. True you know, indeed. good and bad. Good yeah. and bad. If you would have had something to say on the other side, somebody would have had something to say. True. You know, but he opened the door for criticism. He opened the door for people to have things to say. Um, so it, it is what it is with me, man. I don't feel no way about him making a statement. That's his opinion. He's a grown man. He's allowed to say what he wants to. He's grown. You know, so just knowing that somebody's going to have something to say. Somebody's not going to agree with you. And in today's climate, Somebody just pushed sin and now it's out to millions of people, you know. So that's what it is, man. True, 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 true story, man. JLs, we, before we get into basketball, suits everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Tonight's hashtag J Ellis will be Kmart. Throw a hashtag Kmart in the chat to yes, salute sir. Kenyon Martin. All right, JLs, kick us off. All right, man. So, so Kenyon, when you got to this team, you was already kind of stacked. We had Mellow here, we had Felton. We had Jason Kidd. So what did you feel like you brought um, to the team? And how do you feel like – why do you feel like you fit so well with the team? Because you fit really seamlessly with everybody. Yeah, I like to make up for the squad first and foremost before I got there. Um, I looked at the bigs we had um, as far as Amari, yeah. Rasheed, Kurt, uh, those guys. I just thought I'm and Tyson as well. I thought I bought some of the same similar attributes as Tyson. Mm. You know – defensive minded but total team guy man like i i don't need the ball in these shots to affect the game i've never had right you know so when you have that mentality you're able to come in and you get it where you get it and get in where you finish some days you might score 15 20 some days you might score eight so you got to know that you know but but my impact on the game had nothing to do with scoring so i was able to come in and fit in right away with them guys like some guys if you bring a guy in and he needs to average 17, then it's going to be a problem. Yeah. Because he needs the ball. And then he would, I, I didn't come in early. I came in a little late. I already had certain things established. But for me to come in and then 
certain guys to go down and me to come in and start a few games and fill some gaps and all that. I just, I know how to play the game of basketball. And my IQ with the situation and knowing the game allowed me to fit in, I think. Yeah, absolutely, man. I really like the makeup of the team, especially those the big men. A lot of the big men on that squad, they, they had the same similar attributes, like you just said, uh, offense, defense, and all of them kind of just knew their role and knew where to fit in where they quality where they vets, need. man. We had quality exactly. vets that year. And you had yeah, and I think that's yeah, that's yeah, yeah. And I and I I hadn't missed a step in that regard. You know, I could still move my feet, still run up and down with the best of them, still could jump with the best of them, and those guys that, who I was on the team with respected my game, respected what I was bringing to the table. And I had a head coach that allowed me to be me. Absolutely. Yeah, speaking of head coach, too, because we all see that Mike Woodson, um, he's going, he is a candidate to be a Knicks coach. Uh, how do you feel he did with that squad? And like, What do you think he brought to the table to have everybody just mess so seamlessly? He, he, he was able to, I like Woody personally. You know, that was my first time being around him. I seen him on the bench, like other places and all that. But that was my first time being around him and able to talk basketball with him. And he allowed us to be men first and foremost. He mm. held us accountable. He didn't, from Mellow to down, from Mellow to Chris Copeland, mm. everybody was held. Everybody was held accountable, which I love. You know, not every coach can do that. Not every coach can de- demand that respect. I mean, what he did that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I heard Felton said the same thing when we interviewed yeah. him. He so very highly of Woody. And yeah. the way he got it, J.R. Smith, too, he got him to six man a year. You, you figured he could be yeah, a. Honest conversations. Honest conversations, man. Telling, sitting J.R. telling down, this is what you can be if you went about it this way. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and it wasn't his fault we lost Indiana, man. Uh, it was all on us. Game plan was there, everything was in place. So we just didn't get it done. You know, we just it. didn't get it. We just didn't get it done as a unit. You know, I, I was it. right in it. I played a lot of minutes. I played good minutes. We just didn't get it done. You know, not the fault Mike Woodson had us prepared. He he knew what how to how to go about it. And nothing but the highest respect for Woody. And I hope he gets another opportunity. I hope he's a real real candidate for this job, man, because he deserves it. Because uh, the exit wasn't the best. No, it wasn't. It wasn't his fault. It definitely yeah, wasn't. It was, it was It was. treated very poorly, um, in my opinion. Because um, it wasn't his fault. We had a lot of injuries that year. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of injuries. Guys are in and out and don't get the opportunity to uh, at least get another year deal and see how it go from there. Yeah, that was weird to Phil to kind of just not even give him the shot. But, you know, Phil had his old plan from the jump. Oh, yeah. yeah definitely. A failed fail oh, plan. And it wasn't, listen, it just wasn't Woody. I'm saying with a lot of us, you know, look at our age, look at what we had did, and made his mind up already. Yeah. You know, and Woody deserved another shot, and I think he deserves another shot now. You know, so I, I really hope he's in real consideration, and they're and they not just using this as the Rooney rule. rule. Mm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> True. Ten, we'll ten candidates in the pot right now. Yeah, ten man. Everybody is in, in the pot right now, man. So we'll see, man. But I, I was a big Woodson fan when he was here as well. Um, he my guy, man, was able to get to know him off the floor as well, man. So he's a solid dude, man. He honestly, uh, and if just think the way we played, man, we got threes up. You know I'm saying we wasn't just yeah. a half court throw the ball and mellow true. and get out of the way. That's true. Nah, we had guys that was stroking that thing. Yeah. True story. You know, Novak, you know, Copeland, JR. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? JR, Mello, then JK, JK first still, half JK. The kid knocked down. Mm-hmm. So Pablo Prigioni probably 
percentage was better than everybody. Mm-hmm. Cope was letting him go too. Yeah, yeah. Cope, so Cope was letting him like, fly. We, like so, Woody's style of play with the new style of the way they playing now, I think it fits. Yeah, uh, I think he can okay. bring that defensive focus to the game, which it needs to be, and as well letting these guys wide open, let them do what they need to do, and they're shooting thirty plus threes a night. What, was it a strange feeling? You know, you, you spent, you started your career in Jersey across the water, mm-hmm. being in with the Knicks. Was that a strange feeling when you when you threw that Nick jersey on? How, how did that feel? Uh, it was a little weird, but it was <laughs> it was seven years removed. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and the team wasn't there no more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> right. they, so they packed them. So they packed the U-Haul up and went across the river as well. You know, but no, it definitely was a strange feeling at first, man. Um, Knowing where it all started at, and that all came full circle. Now I'm back on the other side, and one of their last playoff memories was us sweeping them in the garden when I was with oh, the Nets. So, oh man! No, I'm saying so. Just <laughs> getting worse. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So just imagine like me coming back there and being putting on the Nick uniform. Like it was a little different, Yo. but I, I'm saying I, I enjoyed it. Like yeah. I enjoyed that time saying being able to be a Nick, man. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I can't lie to you, man. When y'all swept the Knicks and, and worked them in that fashion, man. Uh, Cause you know, Steph was my guy. I was a big yeah. Steph yeah. fan. When we finally got to the playoffs and man, y'all went off on the Knicks, man. I was tight, man. I, I, I was tight too. Yeah. It was, it was personal, you know, cause we had been winning for the first few years, man. And we couldn't get nobody in the seats. The Knicks hadn't really been nothing. They sell, they just historically sell out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when we would play them in the um, the Meadowlands and all the Knicks fans would come over and all that. Like that it'd be, bothered, a, road, it'd be a road game for you. Yeah, yeah, in the backyard, like, that yeah. Bothered, like, that, that bothered me, bothered us. So when we had the opportunity to put foot to ass, <laughs> yo, like I, I, I was ready. Like I, I looked at my numbers from that series. Yeah, nah, it's... I was personally... We was ready as a team, but I was personally ready for that challenge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Trust me, can tell. And I remember game four vividly, man. They was cheering for, like, they was in the garden cheering for us. You know, I don't know if nobody remember that, but they was in a New Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so for them to be chanting us in there like that... You felt, you felt like that, that was, was the get-back. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I'm denying that happened. I'm denying Definitely that happened. <laughs> that, that, yo, that's why Tim Thomas was so tight, J. Ellis. Oh, Tim yeah, Thomas, man, that's man, why he was man. so tight with the Fugazi nonsense, man. Yeah, man. Clown. He's a clown. <laughs> We're not going to talk about clowns on this interview. <laughs> yeah. What we ain't going to do. Yo, so salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys. We got Kenyon Martin in the building. Throw a hashtag Kmart in the chat to salute Kenyon. You know, mm-hmm. Kmart, in, in previous interviews, you had mentioned that, you know, the current issues with the Knicks right now is really on James Dolan's shoulders right now, partly because of just the 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 inability to hire competent leaders at the top and, and let them run the franchise. You know, they have Leon Rose right now, former agent. What's your familiarity with Leon and what do you think about his potential to build this team? Um, I don't know Leon personally. So I don't have, um, I'll let him do his job and see how he does. Um, they're taking a no- page out of the Lakers book, I'm assuming. You know, hiring yeah, former agent. Palenka. Um, yeah, uh, yeah Rob Palenka. Yeah. You know, so falling in that, falling those footsteps. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Leon Rose had Melo early. 
uh, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, a few other people. Um, yeah, so no, so I guess they're looking at that aspect and figuring that that um, so that it can work. But yeah, but my um my critique and criticism of James Dolan, I think was it was pretty accurate. Uh, it, it wasn't personal. Um, I was doing the job. Somebody asked me a question, um, and I've spoken to Dolan since um, about oh, really? those statements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about those statements, of course. Um, and I, I explained to him it wasn't personal. But ultimately, there's a pecking order in every sports organization, every business, every every well, so you name it. It starts up top. Most business decision come across who's in charge desk. That's. Did you feel you like have the, and then you have the ultimate say so? Yeah. So therefore, from the Phil Jackson hiring on down, I think was bad moves. Not me too. You know, that just so, not, and I wasn't the only person that thought that. Right. But in his circle, and amongst his peers, they only look at the fact that Phil Jackson won championships as a coach, and exactly. he brings along his people and all that. Like, no, like what makes you good at something don't make you good at the other. Yeah, it is. You know, so he was a hell of a basketball coach. He can get guys to buy into what he was preaching and coached two of arguably the greatest players of all time and got them to buy into what he was preaching, and it worked. But that don't mean he can pick talent. Right. I agree. It don't mean he can pick a head coach, somebody who you think might think like you, to get guys. It's a different time area. It's, it's different. But I yeah. think they're going about it the right way. Um, now, making different decisions, go thinking outside the box, following other people's footsteps, and not keep doing it your way because your way has has not been working. Yeah. You know, so I, I just think that's a smart move. Learning from what other teams have done and trying to implement those things within your own organization. Absolutely, absolutely, I, I definitely agree. Phil stored us, stared us in the wrong direction for a while. Um, oh yeah. The- and he didn't have the energy for the job, man. Let, let's be honest. Like, it's a different type of energy you got to have to be able to put the team together and build the staff and all of that. Phil just Phil just came for the bag and was like, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. Gave, gave I'm him smart. 68. <laughs> he mailed it in. Yeah, he mailed gave it in. 68. Gave him 68. And then he turned around and gave Joe Kim Noah 70. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> and, and Noah turned around and said he, was, he New York was too lit for him. Kenya. Oh, yeah. Ball, man. It's too lit. Yeah, it's too lit for him, man. Shame on how you yo. gonna be from here and and then talk about it was too lit for you, man. Hey, yo, can you can you play? Can you play? Joe Keem is, is joining the Clippers, right? Can you play in fourth spot? Yo, man. <laughs> Give me a few weeks to get in shape. <laughs> a couple months. <laughs> no, nah, like I take nothing what he did in Chicago. They put him in a situation to be successful. Like yeah. they put him like I, I'm they I'm with coaches coaching your team and coaching guys' ability. Right. He had a good coach that let him make decisions at the elbow. They did a lot of dribble handoff stuff. He rebounded the ball. He blocked a couple shots. Okay, that's fine. He ain't never been the best at pretty much nothing, but <laughs> he played hard. He played hard. I give him nothing. Listen, yeah. I, have, I don't know Joe Kim nor a person. Mm-hmm. Okay. I only know what I saw when I played against him and what I saw watching games and after I was gone. So people say what they want to about me. I can take it on the chin. If it's accurate. If it's accurate. Listen, Joakim did it to himself, man. I'm sorry. (laughs) He did it to himself, man. I'm just not. I'm just, I've never been, I'm, 
I put him and Dwight Howard in the same category. Mm. Mm. When, when, it's just when, me. That's me. But okay, they were successful at, at the team that they were on. You take them out those environments and those translate. situations, then what are they? Yeah, couldn't, mm. couldn't translate. You, you know, when, when he talked about not being able to handle New York, I, I look at your situation. You were the number one pick. Yes, you were playing for New Jersey Nets, but you were still in the area. I'm sure you, you know, you were hitting the city and everything. How do you yeah. feel like you were I was able? Twenty two. Yeah, twenty two <laughs> years old. How do you feel like you were able to to navigate and and kind of maintain and keep a low profile? Because I realized what was important. I went out. I did my thing. I had fun. I enjoyed New York. You know, I was fresh out there. I was 22, 23 years. I turned 23 my rookie year, so I had no restrictions. I could get it anywhere. Uh, and me being from the other side, people knew I was. But nah, you got to adjust your environment, man. Like, your, your surroundings. Uh, I, I don't understand he's from there, but what 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 part is he from? And how was his dealings and moving around when he was there? You know, all that plays a factor, but I don't understand if you not comfortable somewhere. You got to do a job. You got to play basketball, man. So it had to be more to it than that, I, I believe. Um, that's just my thought process. Uh, if I'm there, I've moved around, went different places, and, and I knew what was important. I knew why I was there. Um, and I make the best of everything else, but I'm going to do my job. So whatever comes with that, and I'm going to stick it out. Absolutely, absolutely. And Jason, mentally weak. Like people like that, mentally weak to me. Yeah, he, he didn't. Yeah. Part, you, you know what? He had us fooled, though, because I thought when he was coming here, I thought he was going to bring that part of his game with him. You know, I thought he yeah, was going to be mentally, mentally tougher. Yeah, yeah I just think people like that, that, that succumb to the environment, the pressures of their teammates, to all that kind of stuff. I just think you're mentally weak. Mm. You, know, uh, you know, you check it in and you. You rather bail than deal with it. Absolutely. Just why I'm. That's just how I grew up, man. My life wasn't that easy as a kid and so forth, but just can't check it in when it get tough. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Or you don't like a situation, or you uncomfortable, or you don't like a situation, you just going. Nah, and he's not listening. He's not the only one. Yeah. Across the landslide, he's not the only one, man. Across the landscape of sports, first and foremost, but the NBA has that. He's not the only one to yeah, not like so. his situation and yeah, not like his situation and you're not mentally tough enough to fight through it. Yeah, just he just did it in the biggest stage imaginable. True story. <laughs> That's all everybody got an opinion. Yeah. True story. <laughs> True story, yeah. So Jason Kidd, he's made a lot of players better. Um, I'm sure he's made you better as well. He put a lot of people in, in great places. So, I mean, tell me, how did Jason make you play better? And what do you think the potential of Jason Kidd coaching the New York Knicks would be? Uh, how did Jay Kidd make me better? He allowed me just to be me. You know, for me to be young, athletic, athletic, um, and no holds bar. He allowed me to be that. Because he was the same way, just a quieter version, I think. Mm. You know, I think we had this, I think we had the same mentality when it comes to the game, when it comes to winning, when it comes to compete. Uh, I think we had the same mentality. We never talked about it, which is crazy. We just went out and just hoop. So it's more of a silent leader, not more of a vocal. 
Yeah, yeah. When he had to say something, he did. But for the most part, it was just, I'm going to go out and I'm going to play hard at all times. Mm. Mm. You know, you, you play hard, I'll reward you. You run, I'll reward you, but we're going to play hard. And that's what I had from the door. You know, so when he got there, it just it, it, it molded Honestly. itself. Yeah. You know, mm. you know? It just fits seamlessly. And do you feel yeah. like he'll be able to bring that to the Knicks as a coach? How do you feel like the prospect of being a coach here? Yeah, I think every stop from early days in Brooklyn to going to Milwaukee, I think he's learned in every spot. Do's, don'ts, good, bad, and different. Uh, I think he's learned. Uh, I think that's why he was willing to take the position that he's in now. You know, uh, uh, because before the things that I was hearing that it was it was head coach or bust. Yeah. You know, so now him, him humbling himself um, in that regard and taking some time to really, really get the craft under his belt because he hit the ground running. Yeah, he got I was done playing in the next year. You, you're head coach. Like not that that don't happen. Yeah, <laughs> he's thinking, oh, we gonna resign J. Kid, and then he's with the Nets. Yeah. Like, oh, what? Yeah. oh yeah, head coach. <laughs> we all was like, whoa. <laughs> so I think him able to take a step back and really, really get the craft under his belt. Uh, I think it benefited him. He's always had one of the best minds in the game, being one of the arguably one of the best point guards of all time. Um, so he's always been able to think the game. And then I think him learning along the way what he's done well, done not so well, I think it only benefit him moving forward. So if he's able to coach the Knicks, they got a lot of young talent, guys who know who J. Kidd is. So I think it benefits. Yeah, he comes with respect. Some people believe that he can, I don't want to say, attract free agents, but some people yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't do want that. that to be the sole yeah, reason, that, might, that, that probably could sway a few guys. Um, Unfortunately, it might be a year or two too late mm. for, for some guys right. that went to the other side. You know what I'm saying? Like, like them, they're like, just imagine if J.K. was the head coach, somebody there, Mark Jackson was the head coach, then they probably at least could have got a sit down. Absolutely. Like, they didn't even get a sit down. They didn't even get an interview. They didn't even get an interview. Yeah, yeah but, but, even, but that was supposed to be the appeal of Fisdale. That was supposed to be the appeal of Fisdale, right? Because he mm-hmm. had the relationship with KD and the younger guys in the league respected him. And these guys yeah. didn't—they didn't even come for a cup of coffee, man. Like I like Fizz. Fizz made a name for himself being assistant, but it don't hold the same weight as J. Kidd. I don't. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. Like Fizz is a great coach. Yeah. Like, great, great lineage. Pat Riley and so forth. You know what I'm saying? Exposure mm-hmm. that that whole tree. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you say basketball and you hear J. Kidd, your, your ears yeah. perk up. Hall of Famer, yeah. All the fans and first ballot, like so. It's, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was waiting. Yeah. You know, yeah, no, it's, a, it's just a little different. Him playing on both sides, him playing Nets, and then for a long time, and then Knicks and championship, and being. So I just think when you talk of trying to recruit guys or having guys interest, I think J. Kidd name itself would spark guys' interest. Mm. You heard it. You heard it, CP. Hey, I didn't. That, that, that was that was probably another Mills dud, but we'll we'll, we'll keep it pushing. <laughs> that, was, that was another dud on top of that uh, Noah contract. Because came on, you know that wasn't Phil negotiating that Noah contract. That was Mills, man. That was definitely Mills, that was Mills negotiating that, that contract, man. No, King Noah did the, the chin ups on on Phil Jackson's shoulder. <laughs> He's like, sign him. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate, man. Steve Mills was there for a long time. Um, yeah. 
A lot of it fell in his lap. Um, people don't like the, the dynamic of his relationship with Dolan, you know, so it's, it was there for, for a long time. So they was intertwined. Absolutely, yeah. I'm glad to move on from Steve Mills. But yeah, <laughs> definitely glad. Definitely glad. Steve's a good man, though, man. He just that job is, is tough, man. It's a tough job. Like Steve, Steve, a good dude, man. But that's that's a tough job to be in, a tough position, man. True. Like, it is. In that city, in that city, mm-hmm. like that's that, that's a tough spot, dog. <laughs> no, yo, nothing against him personally. It's just some of the contracts. It's a rock and hard place. That's a rock and hard place. No, yeah. no, it definitely is. No, but there's just some of the guys. The skill set is there. Some of the guys, maybe not so much, but I give them 50-50. All right, Ron Baker. I see you. Right. <laughs> $8 million, Steve Mills. Oh, man. All right. Oh. Hey. <laughs> All right, moving on, Ken. Hey, he got hey, to send it to somebody. Somebody got it okay. Yeah. See, send it true, to me. I true story. <laughs> Five seventy and all. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> they the size of the dog, man. Hey, there it is. Right, Nate. All right, Nate. All right, <laughs> all right man. So, so Ken, you you've been in the league for a while. I've been all star a few times. You, you made your mark in the league, but um, you went to the finals too, and you had two losses to the Lakers and the Spurs. Um, how did you feel like you recovered from those losses? Start with the Lakers. Um, that was the first one. Um, we didn't have a chance. Mm. Thought we did. They were seasoned, and um, not too many people on, on this planet could guard Shaq at the time. Ah, uh, yeah, that's another monster. Shaq, that, that so, yeah, was probably so we, Shaq at his peak. Yeah, yeah. Me, so man. we were behind the eight ball in that regard, man. They came out. The games were competitive, but they just knew they had um, that that um, experience of being there already. And and then they had Shaq as well. Uh, I think we learned going into the next year, going to San Antonio. We thought we had a legitimate shot. Uh, we split with one game down there. Um, so and then we let one get away at home. If we win one of them at home, well, we were in a great, great situation. Uh, but we never thought that it was going to end that way. Thought we had an opportunity to get back. Uh, never been back. So that was um, what I learned in them situations is that it's not guaranteed that you're going back. Yeah. Um, seize, seize the moment, which I tried to do uh, for the most part every time I took the floor. Um, game six, last game didn't go go my way. I couldn't throw it in the ocean. Uh, one of the worst shooting performances that has <laughs> been in the finals. <laughs> it had twenty three. Three for twenty-three. Wasn't three a lack of effort. Listen, wasn't it wasn't from a lack of effort and trying. Trust me, just just one of them days. One of them nights, man. Yes, it's very yeah, it happens, man. And um, yeah, just thought that we have opportunity to get back. Uh, and then think that the next season will be my last year there. That's crazy, man. We're talking to Kenyon Martin. Everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Throw a hashtag Kmart in the chat to salute Please. Kenyon. You know, Kenyon, in, in, in your Bleacher Report, um, Players Tribune, sorry, Players Tribune write-up, you, you said Kobe was, was one of the players that you you hated playing against. Well, what was it about the Mamba, man, that, that, you know, he was just tough. And then, you know, when he went to Denver, you played him a, a ton of times as a member of the Nuggets. I mean, talk talk about those matchups with Kobe. 
just didn't get to play against Mike in his prime. I uh, played against the Wizards, Mike. Still was good, still was competitive. So I think Kobe is the closest thing to Mike that I played against. Um, so I could only imagine the, the turmoil that Mike caused guys when he was playing. Good defenders, guys who, and I, and I looked at myself as a good defender. Um, made made things tough on everybody I played against, but um, for Kobe, uh, it was it was different because everything that I would do, he had accounted for. Mm. Um, get physical mm. with him, he uses finesse and just the different things like that. You know, his footwork was second to none. Uh, so me trying to Im- impose my will on him, he had accounted for it. You know, so that made him one of the if not the toughest player that I ever had to play against. Did, did you ever see, like, you know, they always say with the greats that they could always take it to another gear, you know, especially late in games. You know, they could always take it to another gear that some players can't can reach. Did you ever see that with him? I, I, I never caught, got caught into it because I was playing. Mm. You know, I, I never was in awe during the game. I never was a fan during the game. Mm. You know, every time we battled, it was, we were battling. So I never looked at it as that. You know, it might make tough shots. Mm. That's just, but I'm playing good D. Yeah. You know, so I never looked at it as him going into a certain mode or a certain place. And he might have made some tough shots, uh, but that's just what I looked at it as. Uh, so you, you, you can put them together where you're stringing bucket after bucket after bucket, but you're not just going to score on me continuously. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going I'm to I'm do something about it. But if I got knocked on your ass and, or I got to come across your head, then I'm going to do that. <laughs> you know, you're not just, just going to be busting my ass. You know, listen, the story won't be you bust Kenyon ass. I can tell you that. Like, that won't be the narrative. It might start that way, but the second half of that story might be a little different. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a little different now, but he, God rest his soul. Yeah, man, man. going too soon, man. Uh, Way entirely too soon, man. It's, uh, it's one of them things that you never Expected. never think would happen and you never get over. You know, so uh, my prayers and condolences go out to his loved ones, his family, man, his wife, his kids, his, his parents. Um, you know, they're more affected than anybody, man. So it's very, very unfortunate that, that he's no longer with us. Um, you never think that a sports icon of his nature um, won't live to be old like the rest of them guys, true. man. So it's very, very unfortunate. Man. True, true story, man. True story. So now, after your rookie contract is up, you end up leaving the Nets. Like, how how did that even happen? You know, you're the number one pick, face of the franchise, and next thing you know, you're in Denver. Like, what, what happened with that? So I made... So year three, um, getting high consideration to be All-Star that year. I don't make it. Um, the All-Star game is in Atlanta. They put Sharif Abdul-Rahim on the team because they want to represent him from the um, local city. He playing well. Sharif probably having 20-something, which he was a scorer. But we, I think we were number one team in the conference. And for us to only have one representative that year was was a shame. Um so the next year I make the all-star team. This is my fourth year. So that summer, um, before my fourth year, they offered me a contract. Uh, they offered me um six years for 66. Hmm. But 
great money. Mm. From where I come from, listen, great money. But where the problem lies, people that was playing my position around the league was getting more. And I was on the verge of being a Mr. All-Star team, so I felt I was on the verge of being an All-Star. Then mm. we coming off finals appearance. I'm a major part of that. Make it to the finals again. Right. Yeah, so they offered me six for 66. So I I bet on myself. I turned it down. Because I was still under my rookie contract. So I didn't mm-hmm. have to sign. Mm-hmm. You know, we was going into the last year of my rookie deal, which was my fourth year. They took their team option. I declined my fifth year. So I was still under my rookie deal. So there was no need for me to sign the base. I could have signed the extension, but there was no need for me to sign. Right. So next year, my fourth year, I made the All-Star team. So now, leverage on my side. Which was always on my side, but it's even more on my side now. Right. You lose to the Pistons, um, off season. Still waiting on the phone call to this day. Damn. Jeez. Like it ain't like they offer something and I turned it down. Yeah. Like they never called. That's crazy. But like they they never offered anything after the sixty six. That's crazy. Wow. Like not didn't even call to be like. Are you talking to anybody else? Yeah, or you sure. Nothing. Wow. We can give you this 66 again. Like, do you want this? Like, nothing. Wow. Like, I'm so sure. I, I, waited. I, I waited. I waited. I waited. I waited. I waited. I waited a few days after the July 1st. Come. No. Come and go. No phone call. July 2nd, 3rd, 4th. I'm like, yo. Wow. I'm over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm available. What's Let's talk to me. So, so I hit J Kid. I called him. I hit J Kid. Like, man, ain't offer me that, man. Like, I ain't heard from nobody. And his exact words, like, okay, I love playing with you, man, but go get your money. Mm. So that led to me going to Atlanta and me getting ready to go to Utah and me visiting Denver. Those were the only really teams that had money to spend at the time. Mm-hmm. So went to Atlanta. They offered a certain amount. I, I was contemplating it. I was on my way to Utah to go visit the Jazz, and they just, they told me I didn't have to come because they signed Carlos Boozer. Yeah, that's when Boozer mm-hmm. got the bag too. Oh, yeah, Boozer yeah, got the bag. So they got, yeah, so they gave him like the 60 or 66, whatever that number was. And then I went to Denver, sat down with them, and then they offered me a contract. And it was more than anybody else had offered, and I, which I felt I had earned it up to that point. So the rest is history, man. Hey, business I, is business, like, man. Yeah, like I never, I never planned on leaving. Me being the number one pick, us winning, um, great one-two punch or one-two-three punch, however you want to put it, with me, J. Kid, and R.J. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrie coming back, being healthy. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I'm leaving. Like I, I'm there. Like we, we winning, things going well. Other guys been in places for long. I think the only person that really left under winning circumstances was Shaq. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's the only person that I could think of that left when they were winning, or had a, or, 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 or had potential to be something. Mm-hmm, you know, you mm-hmm. had a good sidekick in Penny. You had a good surrounding yeah. cast. You know, so I'm looking at it in that manner, like I'm gonna be here. Yeah, that's the era yeah, where they I, stayed there. They stayed where they were drafted. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then that decision, like Bruce Ratner, like it was his decision. Like Bruce was the majority owner of the team. Mm-hmm. You know, we had the whole group. Jay Z was in the group, and all the people was in the group. Bruce Ratner had 51%. Mm. So ultimately, it was his decision not to sign me. Damn. 
Yeah, so I don't meet, and I don't never, I never met the man mm-hmm. before that. And years go by. I mean, years go by. Maybe ten years or so go by before I finally meet him. Like we had an event in out here in LA. Um, Michael Strand had an bowling event down Lucky Strike, LA Live. Mm-hmm. I go, mutual friends, somebody like I, I got somebody I want you to meet. Uh, Kenyon Martin, Bruce Ratner, Bruce Ratner, Kenyon Martin. <laughs> the owner of the team. Never even oh, met him before. Oh, 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 owner. So the first words out of his mouth is, hope there's no hard feelings. Oh, wow. Fuck you mean there's no hard feelings. <laughs> wow. Definitely fucking hard feelings. Yeah, huh? yeah. And they know they did you greasy, man. No, but just like, I'm going to put it this way. Had I stayed in the, I made the All-Star team one year, right? Had I stayed where I am, that one is six, seven, mm. eight, not like. Yeah. Just think about it. Me, J.O., Elton Brand, maybe he went to the other side from the Bulls. Well, just think about the fours and fives that was around at the right. time. Right, in the East. In the East. Yeah. Yeah, I'm multiple year all-star with, with my point guard and the me keep getting better, like I'm multiple year all star. Yeah, that's true. But but this one decision, I go to the West. Where it's stacked. Stacked up. Stacked up, man. Yeah. Chris Weber, KG, Tim Duncan, Melo, she you you name just whoever was there at the time. You mm-hmm. name it. Mm-hmm. At those positions was stacked. Yeah, you're right. So I'm not getting in by getting voted. <laughs> And guys gonna put up more numbers than I am, so now I'm stuck. I'm yeah. ass out with all star, you know what I'm saying? So now it was, it was, it was, it, it was with that. It was endorsement. It was a lot of shit that that, that decision affected. So, Man. yeah, I hold I hold a grudge against Bruce Ratner. Definitely, this tough. Like to this yeah. day, to this day, like he cost me money, cost me all star parents, cost me a lot. Man. I didn't even think tough, about that. Tough side of the business, man. Tough Definitely side business, tough side bro. of the business. For but sure. You never think it's gonna come to that. Yeah. Cause you're winning. You're yeah. winning. You're in a good spot. But then no, uh, they got it. They they have ways of reminding you. I was just employee number six, dog. Damn. That's crazy, man. We we, we talking. Ken- <laughs> <laughs> we talking to Kenyon Martin. Suits everybody in the chat. Yeah, Hit man. that thumbs up button for your boys. You know, Kenyon, you, you you mentioned all the all the beasts in the West at the at the four and five. Who, who would you say were your, your three toughest matchups? Uh, I would say Tim Duncan for one. Mm-hmm. Um, throwing in my side throughout the Spurs were throwing in my side throughout my career. Um, Played them more times in the playoffs, I think, than anybody. And didn't get a win um, for my time in Jersey. Um, finals, going to Denver, playing them in the playoffs. Going to the Clippers, playing them in the playoffs and losing. So I would say Tim Duncan for sure. Um, are we just going bigs? Yeah, like like the players that you match yeah. up with. Uh, I match up against everybody. So I well, yeah, that's everybody true. That's every true. night. You, you so I switched every I switched every pick and roll. So but my matchup to start the game, who yeah. I was starting out on. Mm-hmm. Um I would say Tim, probably Dirk and Kobe. Mm. Dirk. That Dirk fadeaway, yeah, man. Get, yeah, like I used to get like you ask them dudes, man. Like, like I used to 
get in fits defensively because I, I I thought I looked at myself as a solid defender where I made things difficult on you. I made you go into your your bag. You know, you just wasn't going to beat me with your primary move. You know, those guys, they were saying they didn't score all the points they scored for a reason. True story. And getting the, and getting the accolades that they're getting for a reason. Um, but no, nah, if you ask them dudes, like, nah, I, I think I held my own. But, the, but them was probably three of the toughest. Yeah, that's that's what you did, man. You always brought the defense for sure. For sure. Uh, when you were in the Nuggets, man, I feel like a lot of the Nuggets, they seemed like they were like on the brink a few times. And they yeah, were always Nuggets like, had a squad, bro. Yeah. Nuggets had a squad. There was always a point guard away, it seemed like. And then AI gets there, and we're like, oh, this is it. <laughs> this is it. What, what, in your opinion, what happened when AI get there? Why, why didn't that work out? Uh, I, I just think it does a couple things. Uh, I just think the dynamic of Melo and AI together mm. was too much. Mm. I don't think you can have two guys averaging 27. And that Kyrie and Bron did for the most part in the playoffs, but throughout the regular season, you know, that's pretty much like Kyrie probably averaging 22, 21, whatever the number was. Um, but I just think those guys were, they both needed the ball yeah. in order for us to, in order for us to be successful, taking nothing away from their skill set. Two p- prolific scores throughout their career. Absolutely. Um, but I just think there's when it ultimately comes down to it, there's only one ball. Yeah, I agree. That like, dynamic of it and having a bullshit coach. That's, <laughs> did, 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 speaking of which, did, did George Cole ever apologize to you for each you and Melo? I don't listen. I don't want his apology. Let's, yeah. let's start there. Like, he, he, he took he, those jabs at you and Melo in, in, in know, his book. Like, I call it what it is, man. Like, no. If we had a different coach, we would have been better. Mm. What it is. Like, I'm, we had all the talent in the world year in, year out. We won yeah, 50 some games every exactly. year. Mm. Every year we won 50 games. Close to it, if not. Where, where, What were the faults with, with George Cole? Just everything, man. Him as a person, him as game planning. Like, go George coach one side of the ball. Mm. Mm. That's just scoring fast, shooting threes and layups and shit. Like, that, that, that's not going to get it done. Right. Like, we lost to the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals when Chauncey got there because we didn't have out of bounds plays. Mm. We never worked on it. We never worked on time score situation. Mm. Like, that's part of that's part of everyday training camp, part of everyday practice. Like, we never worked on it. Wow. Uh, but with AI thing, like AI, my man, hundred grand. I just think it was too much, mm. too much of similarities. Right, I understand. Not enough balance. And then I think when, yeah, not enough balance. And I think because both of those guys need, in order to feel like they had an effect on the game, like they need the massage, they need the score, they need to have it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think when Chauncey got there, Chauncey wasn't the need to score guard that AI is in order to be effective. So Chauncey thing was I make big shots when they come my way. I get everybody involved. I know the game and I'm not going to let George dictate. So Chauncey, when Chauncey got there, he balanced everything out as far as the first three quarters. Melo got his throughout the first three quarters, but 
everybody else was involved with Chauncey. Mm. Chauncey, Chauncey got them together. And then the fourth quarter come, here you go, 15, take us home. Mm. It's true, and you, you know, saw so, it, man. Y'all came close against the Lakers, man. Yeah, Y'all that's what I'm saying. So that's just the difference of AI, great, great player throughout his career. Great. Pound for pound, in my opinion, the best to do it. Chauncey throughout his career started off rocky, but for the most part, Chauncey had a great career. Yeah. It was just in a different way than what Chuck, what AI career was. And I just think Chauncey helped balance out what we needed. And it's unfortunate. It goes back to management and decision mm-hmm. that when they traded Melo, they traded Chauncey with him, which very unfortunate. Uh, that's tough, man. We're speaking to Kenyon Martin. Down, down in the glass of Malbec. I, I, I need some of that wine, man. I need some of that vino after this, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Any, anytime, gentlemen, anytime. Yeah, of course, Sit man. down and get a sip, man. Yeah, definitely appreciate it, man. Salute to everybody That's in the it. chat. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Throw a hashtag Kmart in the chat to salute Kenyon Martin. A um, couple more questions for you, Kenyon. You know, um, Kenyon Martin Jr., your son, entered into the NBA draft. You know, as I said earlier, you were the number one pick in, in the 2000 draft. What's... You know, with the impacts of COVID, what's been, you know, the pre-draft process for him? How has that been impacting, you know, his evaluations and, and um, you know, his status in the draft? Yeah, it's a little different. Uh, very unconventional um, right now with the whole not being able to go to teams and work out and display his skill set as a whole. Um, people, some teams, um, a lot of teams know of him, know his skill set, some teams – I haven't seen him play, so that's kind of a little, um, a little frustrating um, to a certain degree. But um, being able to get in the gym a little longer, um, I think it only benefited. Uh, he's been working, he's been putting the time in. Um, being able to have that extra time, I think, is helping. So when the time comes, if there's going to be workouts and whatever, uh, he'll be prepared. He was prepared before, but I think this extra time and being able to just hone in on your craft even more um, is only going to benefit him. You know, I've uh, been talking, excuse me, uh, he's had some interviews with some teams, uh, a few interviews with some teams. So he, uh, the sky's the limit for him. Uh, I'm proud of him, a proud dad, first and foremost. Uh, and I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm looking forward. I've been a part of the journey. I'm looking forward to the, um, um, the rest of his journey. And he's been working his ass off to get to this point, man. So it's gonna happen. That that's what's up, man. And, and based on what you learned, you know your early trials and tribulations. What's your advice to him, kind of coming into this process? No, just enjoy it, man. Just continue to work. Always work on your craft. Uh, keep your head down. Stay humble. Stay grounded. Uh, don't listen to the hype. Just go out and continue to work your ass off like you have up to this point. Um, if I know anything, I know what hard work is. I know what it takes to get there. Uh, but he's at 19, he's better than I was. So, mm. uh, yeah, no, nah, that's not because I'm his dad. No, nah, that's no. At 19, he's a better basketball player than I was at 19. No question about it. That's what's up. So, but he took um, a, um, a different route than most kids. Uh, he didn't go to school, he chose to go a different route. His skill set is there. Uh, skill set is that of today's NBA, six, seven and a half, 215, 220. Um, 
prototypical NBA body. Um, has all intangible stuff that don't show up on the stat sheet. Um, he's competitive. His IQ is high. Uh, will to win. He hate losing. Um, and he got my DNA. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so, Kenyon, yeah. so um, how do you want to be remembered in the NBA? It's a great question. Uh, how do I want to be remembered? I, I've been asked this before and thought about it. And um, the one thing that I get constantly that, that I respect the most is how I played the game. Mm. No, it's not about numbers. It's not about championships. It's not about all-star appearances. It's about people that watch the game, watch them play for 15 years. Right. And that's what they took from it. Respect for the you game. Know, yeah. I, I appreciate the way you played the game. That's, 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 that's enough for me because I approached each and every game. You know, like I went out and I played hard every time I was able to take the floor. You know, every time the good Lord blessed me to wield or the ability to go out and play, I tried to play it to the best of my heart as I could possibly play every time. Um, and for people walking down the street, whether it's around New York, whether it's in Dallas or Louisiana, you name it, mm -hmm. like people come Respect. up and that's the number one constant. And when they with their kids or they with people who have never seen, like, yeah, you should have seen him play. Yeah. Like, that's... That's enough for me. They ain't not going to say he made this many all-stars. He's not this, he's not that. Listen, you should have seen him play. Or people tell their kids they'll play now. Listen, you can play like him. Like that, that's enough for me. Like for me to be remembered in that light is, that's great. You know what I'm saying? From this day here, from that day to the way people look at me now, that's what it's been. You know? Absolutely. And we definitely appreciate the way you played the game. Um, the young guys coming up too. I hope they take over your. your they, they, don't your make them, they don't make them like Kenyon, though, man. They don't, he he wanted the last right. of the real ones, though. Uh, uh, yeah, and that's. And they that back. is. But, <laughs> so, therefore, with that being said, like my son really, like a lot of my attributes and things that I brought to the game, like he has. Because mm -hmm. he grew up in the house and he grew up watching me play, but. It wasn't a given. Him going out, and he, he he does it on the floor. Certain things, certain blocks, certain way he get off the floor, certain dunks, certain things he says during the course of the game, and his mannerisms during the course of the game. Like people look at me, and I'm like, hey. <laughs> does, he the, does he do the Kenyan scream? The, ah! <laughs> he don't scream, but his his facial expressions, and when he get a good block, sometimes he might. He might let you know, man. Facial expressions okay. and everything, and the way he flex on people and stuff like that. Nah, it's it's definitely a good sight for me. You know, that he was watching. Yeah, I'm a proud papa, man. Like for him to go up and him to grab your shit out the air and push it on the break and go make an assist on the other end. I'm like, I would have, I would have passed it up. But him, <laughs> I, like, you know what I'm saying? No, it's like I see certain things, man, and it's like it's. Like wow, like like I, and I'm people that know me. When it comes to this basketball, like I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Like I, if, if somebody can't play, I'm gonna say it. If you suck, I'm gonna say it. 
If you good, I'm going to say it. If you need to work on this, I'm going to say it. But there's no doubt in my mind that when people get to see it, he's ready. They they will feel the same way. What's up? That's what's up, man. My That's open. That definitely <laughs> please, wish please do. And you won't be <laughs> like I tell everybody. You won't be disappointed. All right, all right. All right. Yeah, we definitely wish him, wish him the best of luck, man. Well, appreciate it. Yeah, Kmart, man, we, we definitely appreciate you giving us some time, man, and, you know, to rap about hoops and everything. Look like retirement is treating you well, man. You know, you, you, you're you killing it in the media game, been on yeah. every major network talking Found hoops. You got, mm-hmm. um, I forgot to mention, round ball rap with Mark Spears. Definitely respect Mark yeah. Spears and the undefeated. Um, So, yeah, look like retirement has been treating you well, man. Yeah, man, just trying to figure the next chapter out, man. Played for 15 years. Um, just trying to do my part for my family first and foremost, man, to stay relevant in the basketball world. And I got, I've got, been told by plenty of people if I don't give back in some facet of the game, then I cheated the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but just trying to transition in different things, business stuff first and foremost. Um, but, yeah, this media stuff, talking hoop, is, I can do it aimlessly. So just being able to have been blessed to be able to talk with you guys and be with Mark and be on ESPN and be on Fox and these different things, man. Just blessed. Um, blessed beyond belief. Um, just trying to make the best of my time here. Sure. We blessed to be with you right now, man. Yeah, man. That, that, that's <laughs> Appreciate up, man. the love, gentlemen. Nah, man, it was a pleasure, man, being able to to recap and go over the career and different things that happened, the things that I haven't probably thought about. Um, no, but I, I, I appreciate you guys, man. I appreciate what you guys are doing. Um, two black men doing it the right way. Uh, my hat goes out to you, gentlemen. Appreciate you, man. Hope you join us again, Kmart. Thanks yeah. again for the time. Anytime, man. Anytime. Absolutely, man. Best of luck to your son. Health and happiness to you and your family, man. Thanks again, brother. Absolutely. Love you. I'll stay safe out here, man. All right, man. Kenyon Martin, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Throw Kmart in the Love chat. It. Hit that Saloon came on. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys, Jay Ellis. Another quality production by the Post Game Live boys. Salute to Kmart once again. Come on, man. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Please do, please do. Yes, sir. Let me let me get you back in here, Jay Ellis. Salute to everybody in the chat. We'll get the phones up. We got a couple more things we want to rap about. Let me, let me um set you set your screen up here, JLs. Only Kmart are acknowledged, CP. <laughs> Kmart I acknowledge CP is Kenyon. That, that's it. No any other. That's it. We don't know no Walmart, others. Man. That, we don't know no others, man. I go to Walmart. <laughs> I don't respect that. Oh man. Alright, hang on. Let me let me get you. Your screen up here and ready. Salute to everybody in the chat oh, once again. Ron Cleveland is in the building, JLS. Man. The man, the myth, the legend is in the building. Caught it live, man. Appreciate you, Ron. All right, JLS. Show's on you. What do you think, man? Uh, classic. Another good interview, man. Yeah, man. Uh, stand-up guy, man. Very stand-up came on, guy. Came on to stand-up guy, man. Stand-up guy, um... Baffles me the the free agency stories, man. Yeah, stories standing out to me right now. He didn't get a, he didn't even get a call. He after, didn't even get a call, man. After him and J Kid and R J, facts. It was running amok. It's crazy. 
All-Star, All-Star Brink didn't even get a call. Didn't get even get a call. Million? That was uh that was alarming. Right, we a got, lot of good dynasties, a lot of good teams got broken up because people didn't want to cough up the dough. Well, I, I think that and also I, I think that um, you know, I maybe they thought the uh Vince Carter deal would have would have been a lot better for them. You mm. know what I mean? That's true. Remember, they went after Vinsanity that same year. Yeah. So maybe they thought that uh, you know, the Vince acquisition would have would have been a better balance for them. Because the thing thing about the Nets were they didn't have the depth. Yeah. You know what I mean? They didn't have the depth to compete in the West. In the East, it was all right. They they could match up with Detroit right. and the Pacers and Boston at the time, but with the West, you needed that firepower, man. They they just didn't have it. Yeah, yeah. They wanted. I guess they were really trying to get away at home. Yeah. And when they got close, they was just like, "All right, well, maybe we just, we should try to like get some more bullets in the gun," and it backfired. A true story. True story. I just threw your screen on here. Let me get your chat in here. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Let me um, launch the phones. And um, let's hear from the people, JLs. We got to talk about the coaching as well. Coaching mm-hmm. updates. 10 candidates. We are up to 10 candidates Sheesh. for Sheesh. the coaching job, Jay Ellis. We got a whole nother team. We got a whole nother team just the coaches yeah. coming in. So I definitely want to cap on that. But let me launch the um, the phones real quick so we can get the people in here. If you're new in the chat, leave us a hashtag new so we can shout you guys out. A couple Nets fans in here too. Don't be shy. You could you could throw you know throw throw hashtag Nets in there. We know you in here. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um. I couldn't. I couldn't stand that team, JLS. <laughs> I couldn't either, man. I couldn't stand the I, Nets. I didn't really get the chance to say it, but I couldn't stand the Nets when they were good, I, man. I couldn't stand it when him and J Kid first got here. I'm not gonna lie, especially J Kid, more J, more so J Kid than yeah. than Kenyon. Mm-hmm. I felt a little bit weird. I did. <laughs> well, because Steph was my guy, and and they were running laps around the Knicks them them times, bro. Running straight yeah. up laps <laughs> exactly. around the Knicks, bro. And like Kenyon said. It wasn't. It was personal. It mm-hmm. wasn't just. It wasn't just no ordinary. Oh, we playing a basketball game. Like, nah, nah, they ain't like us, and we ain't like them. It, because it, it was the it was the the little brother syndrome, man. The Knicks still own the town. The Knicks yeah. still own the town, even when they win the finals. Like the, the 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 pomp and circumstance, like the energy was just wasn't there for the Nets, man. No, it wasn't. You know, even when they went to the finals, I think because people probably thought that, you know. Uh, they didn't really have a shot, especially against the Lakers. They they definitely had no shot against the nah, Lakers. They did. So yeah. Lakers you know, ridiculous. But th- this this was always this was always a Knicks town, man. You know what I mean? Still is. Absolutely. Um, before we get to the phones, let me shout out Jose Diaz. Team hashtag new Andrew Lopez. What's going on, Doctor X? What's going on, Team hashtag new? Mm-hmm. So to everybody, we're gonna get to Ron in two seconds. Hang yo, tight. Yo, so, so hold on, hold on one second. Yeah, Smovito Colito, shout out to you. I see you. Colito, go ahead, babe. All right, we are going to go to Ron Cleveland. I think him and Dave are like catching up. I see Dave. Dave is in the green room. Him and Ron Cleveland having a having <laughs> coffee, and, having a powwow. Yeah, they, they having a powwow. He hasn't called in a while, man. So he, he's got to catch up. 
Yeah, like how the kids, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, the AI situation, um, I agree with him. You know, it was just too much. Even though he and Melo did lead the league in scoring that mm-hmm. first year he got there, it was just Chauncey brought the better balance. You know, being able to, to, he didn't need the rock to be effective. Still able to score off ball. Obviously, Melo was going to dominate the ball in that regard. So you needed a more balance um, uh, from your floor, from, from your floor general, and and that's what Chauncey brought. We we knew that. Yeah, man. I wish we had Chauncey on the Knicks a little bit earlier because when Chauncey yeah. came over here, that little short stint that he was, yeah. Whoa, like the effect he had on the team floor general. Was- was immediate. Mm-hmm. You could. It was like what in the. Floor I'm so general, mad. We the injury just took him out. Took him out. <laughs> yeah, he, he caught like a weird thigh injury, and he was just never the same. Never the same. Cause him and Melo together for like a season, a whole year mm-hmm. with the right coach, I think could have done something. I think absolutely. That was it. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.